0: You go, come on, you know, you know, you know how we start these things. It's a hello and welcome. I think this is episode nine, so take it away, Alan. Okay. Um, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Split Screen
1: Podcast. More we- energy. Hello and welcome to the Split Screen Podcast. We think it's episode nine. Yeah. Um, and um, for strange technical reasons, um, our episode eight is chopped up in bits in Craig's laptop, so you'll actually hear this before then. So it's like whenever episode eight comes out after episode nine, it'll be like. Gazing Back Through Time.
0: It'll be a prequel. Prequel podcast. <laughs> a prequel to them. Completely p- unrelated, though, so it's non-canon. The, uh, lo- to the Lost one.
1: podcast. Jurassic, Jurassic podcast. So, uh, my idea was that, um, I guess it was a big decision in my life lately, and then I thought about decision-making in computer games, because that's what I do. I can only relate my life in terms of computer games. Uh, and so it got me thinking about how we never talked about game stories. So it was things like, uh, you know, to what extent... Do gamers control the narrative in the story? To what extent should they control the narrative? And you know, obviously, what follows from that is what actually makes for a good story.
0: Because yeah, that's one of the often used uh, detractions against games being art is that you can subvert the artist's intention. Yeah, the, the, the directorial attention, or whatever. Yeah, it is, you yeah. can. You know, you could play the passage which we've talked about uh, previously by by just walking left to right. You can never move down and explore the where all the the subtext and meaning is. But simply you could just stand still when you're playing Mario.
1: Have we have we talked about passage before?
0: Uh you've written about it. We've not talked about it.
1: So I have in the world's the world's longest article. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we can put a link to that in the podcast because that's well worth the play. Um, but I guess the point of passage is that you could wander straight from left to right, and you could do that in life as well. You could wander from left to right along life's narrative, never, never going down, <laughs> never going up, <laughs> never finding a spouse, never <laughs> opening up the treasure chest buried in the maze. And that, that, I think that, that that was kind of part of the point of it. You do relate everything to games. <laughs> <laughs> that is a computer game about life. That's perfectly valid to relate okay. that. Uh, so I guess like, within games, th- there are a lot of different ways of telling a story, um, and the, the main obvious one would be the kind of Hollywood one, where you have no control over the story. Um, yeah. I guess an example of a, a, a decent story would be something like Portal 2,
0: um, where you don't have any control over it. Yeah, they've written the script, you play a character in their script, you play it very well, good for you, and you, you move through and... Well you know as much as the character, which I think is one of those things where I can I can get into that. I can yeah. be perfectly fine with the Hollywood script. Alan Wake, I think a game we both really enjoyed mm-hmm. and was, was exactly like that. I mean you Alan Wake uh, did exactly what Alan Wake was told to do. Um and that was because the game was quite about a story and a story written by himself, so it's very confusing. But <laughs> but, very mm, but very good. But very good. But that can be fine, but that is I think largely when people think of stories and games, that's what I tend to think of. I and mean, that's what we've got all the College yeah. Miss, single player missions Bioshock all that kind of stuff
1: I think like with, uh, with something like Alan Wake it's gonna we'll probably come back to this later but it's a story that's not actually a terribly good story and if you wrote it down in a book it probably wouldn't be that good yes. but it is the way that it's told that it makes it exciting and that's what that's the advantage games have over films is that they can put you into the shoes of the character the problem I always have is something like I don't know, Call of Duty or, or Battlefield, is that you don't really feel like you're that character. You feel mm. like you're just watching them do things, and you occasionally pause to shoot the, the pop up monsters. You know, that's it's yeah. not it's not the the way I want a story to be told. Um, and you get other games like you know something like Final Fantasy is a good example where the story is driven through cutscenes. Yeah. So you play you play your game, and then you set the controller down, and then you get a break from the game, and then you watch the bit. Um, yeah, and that,
0: the game that you play is fighting monsters isn't it? Somewhat, somewhat. I'm thinking about it like Pokemon. Yeah, no, you, yeah you do find monsters. You're, you're yeah. fighting monsters, you're, doing, you're choosing what spells you're going to use, what attacks you're going to have, in what order. Yeah. And then you get to your cutscene and it's yeah. all about how the world is falling apart and, and the romance of the character and all of the angst and all that stuff comes out. So you get your story after the game. Yeah. That's um, your reward, in a sense. It's your, yeah, part of your, oh, absolutely. Part of the breadcrumbs.
1: Yeah, your reward for doing the gamey bits is more, <laughs> your is reward more story is, bits.
0: <laughs> you're rewarded with breadcrumbs. <laughs>
1: So what, um, Xian Yu famously did, um, that, um, is now possibly one of the most reviled things in modern gaming is the quick time event, which yeah. is where you insert game bits into the story artificially. So, um, Craig and I are sitting at a table. We've got our laptops. Well, and what are it, you going to throw at me? You're I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw in it, I'm just saying, if this glass of water were to precipitously fall off, um, you'd get a big button flash on screen. You like press <laughs> A to grab glass. Yeah. And um, what Shenmue did, which I thought was good, was to me Shenmue was about the story. Mm-hmm. And so it punished you for failing a quick-timer event by breaking immersion and making you replay that part of the story. Oh, yeah. So that, to me, was, because you got so engaged in it, that was the worst punishment of all, was to make you do it again, because then you were reminded you were playing a computer
0: game. Yeah, one of the things in uh, Star Wars Force Unleashed, actually, they had the quick-time events, and they tended to be when you were uh, about to d- land the final lethal blow to ah, whatever yeah. enemy. So you've got the, the AT&Ts, and you're up there, and you're, you're whatever, ripping it apart with your lightsaber. Um, and you would have then the quick time events and that would be when you would you know, do the almighty sort of smash through the cockpit but if you screwed up on the quick time event uh, the battle would keep going it just means that you would get knocked to the ground and you would do a little bit more hack and slash and then the opportunity would arise again Did so again. I, I can't remember whether it played a slightly different animation so I think they built in that idea that well look, some, you're not going to get this right the first time yeah, and we're not going to let that stop our story
1: I don't know if that it definitely was in God of War But I don't know if it was the first one to do it, because you you had the the first level, you're on the ship fighting the Hydra, and you have to, like, you sling these hooks through its ears, and you have to ram it down under the ship's mast by mashing the button, and then you eventually just skewer it. But because it's a Hydra, you have to do that three times. And because it's a computer game, you have to do that three times, yeah. Each time slightly faster than the (laughs) last. (laughs)
0: The third time slightly more intense,
1: and the weak spot was slightly harder to hit. That was like the the terrible ending of Arkham Asylum, where you fought Joker Monster.
0: Yeah, that was so bizarre, wasn't it? Why would you do that? Don't know, but it was rubbish. I wanted, I wanted the end of that game to be one punch. You walk up to him, and it's just bang, and he's down, and that would be nice. Getting, getting slightly
1: more on topic. Um, one of the games I have in my pile of games to play is the new Deus Ex game, mm-hmm. um, which is all about um choosing elements within the story. Um, and you can be lethal or non-lethal, and you, you can choose from multiple endings. But another thing it has was crap bosses sandwiched into the game, and they right. were actually um. It was things like Deus Ex is a game where you don't have to kill anyone and you can be very stealthy and so you can develop your character that way. Mm-hmm. But some of these bosses, they don't care how sneaky you are and they don't care how good a hacker they are. You have to like shoot rockets at their faces until they explode. Okay. And it turned out that the bosses were actually outsourced to another company.
0: Oh, wow, okay. Just
1: the bosses, because presumably EDOS or whoever were working on it thought, oh, we'll better get some bosses in here mm. and it won't be a computer game without a, without a big monster to kill. So that's... Uh, that's, yeah. that's that's interesting, but it, it's one of those games where you do have a couple of different endings. But it's quite limited agency, so it's something like um, Mass Effect um, or Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Did you did you play Kotor?
0: No, I didn't play Kotor. I was going to say, I just when you, when you were talking about Deus Ex, there I was reminded of Metal Gear Solid Three because that was a game as well, very mm-hmm. similar. where you can go through, <laughs> do lethal or non lethal kills. Yeah. But with the bosses in that game, you can knock them out. Yeah. You, you, you use the tranquilizer dart, or so you can use traps and uh-huh. things to actually take them down. I think they they, they all tend to die of their own accord in the cutscene again. Either, oh, know, the usual yeah. thing where it's like, you've weakened me, and then he stumbles off a cliff okay, yeah. and shoots bees out of his mouth. But the one part of the game, the final character the boss, you do have to kill. And that's one part where they switch back from a cutscene to the actual game. And you're in oh, the middle. Cool. And you do actually have to press that trigger to actually... Pull so that's you can play through the game and not kill anyone, but you have to, to end the boss's life. And, cause that's, and that's really crucial to the story. Oh, okay. a sample. That's that's but yes, KOTOR. I've never played KOTOR. I bought it on Steam for about 50 pence and was like, ooh, I'm never going to play this. Yeah, I know. The,
1: the eternal struggle to, to play all these computer games before we get old and retire and we can't play them anymore because the plugs this, don't fit.
0: Do I buy this classic game or do I buy
1: kinder egg. <laughs> that's equal monetary value. That's, that's, what come, that's what it's come down to. Now, I see, it's gingerbread latte season, so for me, it's like, I could buy a gingerbread latte or I could buy a cheap game. <laughs> well, I guess the difference is that a cheap game doesn't give me multiple chins. <laughs> that's a that's a decision-making <laughs> process. Um, code does let you choose things, but it kind of augments that decision-making process and undermines it. So, you can choose elements of the story. Like, mm-hmm. you can one of the characters but let's just spoil the game but part of it one of the main characters um, wavers between going to the dark side or not and you can influence them through the type of character you are and the things that you do but it doesn't have a huge impact in the end of the story there's a big baddie called Darth Malak I'm really trying to avoid spoilers because it's got a, it's got the mother of all twists but um, whether you're good or bad I mean, it's a Bioware game so you're either good or evil you know mm-hmm. save the baby eat the baby all over again <laughs> um, you must kill him that
0: that that is how you finish the game. I've right. never
1: actually completed that game. I've got to the very end bit and not
0: finished it. Was it one of those ones where you get down to like not enough health and you've been locked in a quick save type scenario?
1: No, it was one of those ones where the fight went on for too long and I already knew what was going to happen. I was going to kill him, it was gonna roll the credits and play uh. the Star Wars theme and that would be it. So <laughs> I don't feel like I I played everything else. Um but it's it's kinda like do you remember when you got Whenever DVDs first came out, and there's always like two disc super hyper collectors mega edition.
0: They're um, yep, still doing that, I think.
1: Yeah. Um and Terminator 2 had an original ending where you saw um, Linda Hamilton's character and John Connor in the, in the future, mm-hmm. like 30 years after Judgment Day, and they were John was pushing this kid on the swing, and that was meant to be the end of Terminator 2. and That became this alternative ending because they cut it for one where there's that shot of them, the meandering road and them saying, well, we don't really know what lies ahead kind of thing. Yeah. Which obviously paved the way for Terminator, Terminator 3. Yeah. Yeah. That, that to me is what a lot of the storytelling in games feels like. It's like just because the ending of Terminator 2 is different to how Cameron intended it doesn't actually
0: change the film really, mm. it doesn't change it that much it would so need to be some really special reveal that changed yeah. how a character's motivations were in the past but yes. that doesn't, that's something I yeah. that said that's yeah. just forward looking But it's like that's, that's 30 seconds of clip and
1: so when you play through 12 hours of game 2 minutes of cutscene at the end don't really matter and I think
0: the best example of that coming to mind is Fallout 3 Oh God! Uh, which, which, <laughs> which they were lauding as having however many uh, endings of the game, fifty endings, something like that. I
1: thought it was something ridiculous, like a thousand endings or something silly. Yeah, yeah.
0: And what they're saying is that we've well, we've got this game where there's branching paths and there's so many permutations that you can go through. Uh, but as you said, they don't all come out to a different game. You can play, no. uh, you can play Fallout in very similar ways, but then have very large choices that you make that. Concerning the main storyline or how, again, whether you go, the old lethal, lethal or non-lethal. It's weird how a lot of games seem to be coming down to whether or not you're a, a not closeted you're psychopath or a, a kleptomaniac or a sociopath.
1: Yeah, whether or not you want to murder hundreds of innocent people. But yeah, or yeah. just steal all their stuff. The Fallout um, 3's was just so contrived, it was, you know, the hero left the vault and he went to Megaton and he... Saved Megaton, and then he went to Tenpenny Tower, and he saved everyone in the tower. And then he went to the water purifier, and he did not save everyone. Dun, 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 dun. Follow.
0: Please buy DLC to play more. <laughs> Story <laughs> continued in DLC. <laughs> we will go to Mother Ship Sea <laughs> and kill slash not kill aliens. Um, but but for all, for all the <laughs> deviation and variety in follow throughs ending uh, slideshow, the. Where the story matters is in the actual game, and you can yeah. you can take yourself down different paths. You can you choose to ignore huge areas of the game. My first playthrough, I didn't go into the Washington D.C. area at all until I had to in the final two or three missions. I spent all my time exploring all the outlands instead or of wasteland. the
1: capital wasteland. Instead yeah. of the capital,
0: say. And
1: that's in, that's interesting. And it takes a
0: certain mm. amount of confidence for me for a developer to be able to let you do that and not feel that they have to. Show you, you know, take you by the shoulders, and show you every cool thing in their their house.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Skyrim's quite good, like that. I got Skyrim last week, and it is—it's kind of like riding through the Scottish Highlands. And there's lots of wee like you know dolmens, and there's caves you can see. But there's other things like these guys were just walking through the field, mm-hmm. and I was like what's going on here? And they sort of said, you know, what are you doing? Go away. You don't want to get mixed up in this. I was like, right, I've had enough of this shit. So, <laughs> you know, I whopped out the mace and the frost spell and, and killed them all. Just about, just about survived. But there's other things like, there, there's bits that have nothing to do with the story. Like, there's these giants roaming through the, the wilderness and they have these mammoths that presumably, they they harvest the cheese. You can collect the mammoth cheese if you want. But, That sounds if, disgusting. If you try to, if you try to attack them, the mammoth say, cheese? Yeah. You milk mammoths? Yeah. Well, no, you don't, the giants do, but you can collect it. Okay. Try and attack the giants, and they'll just stomp on you, like a ladybird. Because you're beautiful, and they're not. (laughs) And, um... Or, you can just stare at them, and they turn around, and they just stare at you. And I was thinking, that's so weird. Mm. What are they... What are they doing? And... That's the, that's the elements of story you get from a game like Skyrim or Fallout 3 or Oblivion. It's the wee incidental moments that mm. make the game not the, the cheesy plot of You are the dragonborn. You must travel to the nine peaks of Shalafsar. Or some nonsense like that. That's, that's not what's important. What's important is seeing a dragon suddenly land in the path and having mm. to kill it. That's, that's the story to me. It's the like, story of your, your hero and your quest.
0: Yeah, and like that encounter with the troll that choice of whether or not you engage with them in the first place. Mm -hmm. To me that's what matters more when I feel that when a game has variety. It's not whether I I enter into a room and I can take the left or the right path. It's whether or not I have to choose either of those paths in the first place. Whether or not I can do something else or move around. I was going to say Red Dead Redemption had these little incidental moments like that Mm -hmm. where they they programmed them in. Um, so that every now and then, it was meant to be random, but it was random in that way where it happened basically every now and then. <laughs> well, <you> could, <laughs>
1: random and you could see it coming, but you weren't yeah. sure when
0: you were going to see it coming. Yeah, um, where you would just be riding down the track on your horse and a little flash would come up and you would see someone was shouting about either their wagon had been stolen, or maybe you come across someone who's been taken hostage. And you can either whip out the gun and, and save them, or you can lasso them and return them to a sheriff for a reward, or you can just ride on by and ignore it. And that was like much better than. But uh, Red Dead didn't have any choices, but the sort of choices in Grand Theft Auto's story, which were wholly arbitrary. What
1: did I describe it as a world of unlimited, meaningless choices? Yeah. So you can do whatever you want, but it won't make any difference. You can, you know in, in in New York City, no one can hear you scream.
0: Because mm. you have that story that you have when you're not playing the missions, yeah. and then you have their story with, with Nico and and his interesting, and wholly original rise from rags to riches. <laughs> Holy <laughs> totally original! But GTA <laughs> is another one like that where if you skip
1: the cutscenes, it would just be the series of you driving cars and shooting men. Yeah, there's no, there's no story ever expunged through the fighting. And I think that well, there might be some at the end, but it's usually kind of you know cheesy confrontation where they're shouting at you going oh Nico you are a failure while you're while you're crouching behind a box you know waiting to shoot him it's all these bits that don't add anything to the story you crouch behind that Nico
0: you should have given up long time ago
1: (laughs) I'm going to kill you now Nico's but you're still
0: crouching so my dialogue will cycle through one more variation of what I've already said
1: Nico please come out of the box Nico I cannot go down there I have bed back (laughs) Um, but the, uh, that, that that's that's a very I guess that is a very Hollywood approach. Um something Metal Gear Solid, you know, is famous for its incredibly indulgent cutscenes, hmm. um some of which are skippable, some of which are not. At least you can pause in the middle of them.
0: Um I I don't I just think if your cutscene is so long that I need to pause during it, then I'd I'd rather sort of be watching a film with that time. Like a yeah. proper film. Like I don't I don't want to pause a cutscene. I'll oh, skip the cutscene if I need to, I because you already that. know. If they give you the option to skip it, you're gonna be able to get through it.
1: I think the last cutscene of Metal Gear Solid Four is like 45 minutes long.
0: Oh no, that it must be longer than that. Maybe I mean, that's, it's maybe it's last, an hour and a half long. The last cutscene from Metal Gear Two, I remember being at least over an hour. Really? Yeah. That's
1: not a cutscene. That's a that's a feature scene. Cut cut implies that it was kind of you know placed into something. <laughs> <laughs> not not that it's the majority of your your time spent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But if you want to make a movie, go make a movie. You know,
1: but I think if that w- it would be like it would need to be a mini series. If it was a movie, it wouldn't be well told enough to be a valid movie in its own. Mm. Um, but there's quite a lot of game stories that are actually not very good, and uh, it's the way they're told it makes them good. I mean, a couple of ones that spring to mind for me. The first one is uh, the first Half Life, which is actually a terrible plot for a film. Imagine if you watched a film where there was a scientist who. Uh, aliens were suddenly teleporting in for another dimension and then he shot some of them and then soldiers came in to kill him and he shot some of them as well. You wouldn't want to watch that. It's a crap, it's a crap plot. It's like it's like a terrible yeah. B movie from the, the 70s. It's like Charles Bronson's Death Wish with aliens. <laughs> but um, but the point is, it's the way the story's told. It's the way you don't know what's going on and you don't know that the military are coming mm-hmm. un- until you see them coming. So it's all about the way it's told that, that makes it good and that's why that story succeeds in a game the way it doesn't succeed in a film. Um, So (laughs) uh, Mass Effect 2 is another one. Um, It's got a really cheesy sci-fi story um, where it's like, you know, oh, aliens are arrived and they're harvesting humans. So we better go kill them then. Shepard, away you go. But again, it because of the, the choices it gives you it feels really unpredictable and compelling and you're actually not sure if your team are going to survive the mission and indeed they don't necessarily survive depending on how you've played through it so it's a bit like the J.J. The J. Abrams remake of Star Trek which is a, a bad story well told
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the, the problems that can happen you can have those stories, and with games as well because you can have things that happen in the actual game you can tell as we've said before, stories with the environment we uh, have got Bioshock's Rapture Mm-hmm. that that city itself can sort of tell a story and, and and stand on its own. You can tell things through text you can have text entries in Fallout or in um, DSX say, where you can fill yeah. up terminals and you can then get more backstory again. But you can, you so can hack into people's
1: emails and see yep. what's going on in the background. And the
0: audio clips again, which many games have used, Dead Space has used that again. You can have all these different ways of getting across characters and little stories and tell little incidental moments as well as leading into the, the greater grand scheme of things. But sometimes when you have all of that volume, it becomes really bloated. And when you have a game which is typically a dozen hours, 12 hours, yeah. 20 hours... 12, mass 12. Effect, I mean, how long does that go on? Is that more?
1: It's about 12, 15 hours. 12, 15, 15. hours, no, Half-Life... Maybe it's long. I don't know. Let's, let's, not, let's not guess. Half-life, Half-Life 2 takes... Second time through took me about eight, eight, 10 hours.
0: Well, if Half-Life 2 for me, first time took about 20 hours. Um, to well, go that's three. second time but, through. But in terms of, like, if if... if I wouldn't say Half-Life was necessarily a a strictly storytelling game, as opposed to Mass Effect, where I do think there's a lot more in terms of characters and and, and development and plot going on there.
1: Mass Effect's one of these games where there is quite a lot of each of the characters do have their own story, and you can investigate that, and that's the whole point. Because the more story you uncover, the more loyal the player is to you, and the more likely they're going to make it through to the end, which is Mm -hmm. which is quite nice. Um, But uh, there was a leak of Mass Effect three beta so they've got different modes you can play it in now, which are Action Mode, which has less story. Cool. Story Mode, which has less action. And RPG Mode, which is like the other two Mass Effect games and the one that all true
0: players must use. <laughs> well, that's it. I'd like there to be that option. Do you think so? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think, I mean, okay, admittedly, I see the challenge that you're—they're sort of setting up that they're going to have to design three games in a sense yeah. with a lot of common areas, but they're going to need to have points where it can hand over and you can switch between them. I think it's—I
1: think it's things like it's essentially the same game, but um, it'll make decisions for mm-hmm. you in the story if you play in action mode, and if you play in story mode, mm-hmm. you—you might—I don't know—see those guys being shot or they just won't turn up.
0: But I do applaud any developer who can actually hand over more control to the player and how they tell the story as well. Although it is an absolutely terrible game. No one should ever play it. I mean, you'll see it for £3 everywhere. You have to click to blink. I'm, of course, speaking off. Alone in the Dark. Alone in the Dark actually plays their game like it was a a TV series that you get on a DVD. So the game was split into like eight episodes. Within each episode, you then had individual scenes. So a scene might be you go into a room and there's a locked door and a puzzle to unlock the door. But if you didn't want to do that, you could skip... To immediately after that door, okay. and you can move on. It meant that you could, if you had the really crap part of the game, like all the driving stuff was <laughs> so just just, harrowing. So you just spent uh, a couple
1: of hours skipping your way through this piece of shit? Yeah, <laughs> but
0: when you skip through, you're obviously you were skipping through cutscenes and things like that, it would flash up the previously on Alone in the Dark, and it would oh. fill you in on the gist of it, in the way that if you have watched Lost, like the full season of it, you don't need to watch every single minute of it. You yeah. can actually just watch a couple of key episodes which have those flashbacks. I feel yeah, like not the flashbacks <laughs> but the little intros. I feel
1: like I shouldn't have watched every single minute of Lost, I have to say.
0: <laughs> no, it's one of those like deep regrets of mine. Like on my <laughs> deathbed I'll be sitting there and the kids will be kinda of hugging her i and be like, Kate didn't tell them about the fake beard glue and they'll just be left to wonder what the hell that means. Like, we
1: have to go back. We have to go back. <laughs> what? What do you mean? We have to go back in time and stop me from watching Lost.
0: We have to go back. The network wants another three seasons.
1: So, uh, so what do we think would make a good story then? What? What? What kind of things are you, are you looking for? I, uh, I, I'll. I guess I'll open this this gambit. Um, that I, I think. Well, f- I mean, I want, I want something that is inter- interactive. And what I mean that is that there aren't any just there aren't any cut scenes so it's I hate any any point where I feel like i 'm going to have to put down the controller because someone is speaking or because the plot was being described to me that 's not something i 'm interested in. I want something more like mass effect where it's got those little quick time events built into it where you can it 's kind of different and that it 's not press A to kill. you use the triggers to do good or bad actions. So if somebody's talking too long, you can just punch them in the face and <laughs> shut them up. But it, it, it makes you feel like you don't ever want to let go of the controller, because you might be able to do something. So yeah. that that will be, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for, first of all.
0: I yeah, think. no, completely agree. And I understand the, the, the challenge they have, because if they want to do something within the game, so many of these games come down to either kill or, or don't kill. You can only communicate with the world through... Well, violence in a crowbar if you're Gordon Freeman or, you know, violence in a plasmid if you're the guy from Rapture or violence in a, a sword if you're in Skyrim.
1: Did you ever finish Fable 2?
0: Never played any Fables.
1: All oh, right, At the end of Fable 2, there's a choice where uh, you can kill the main villain or if you wait too long, somebody else kills him because they're bored of him talking. <laughs> okay. So the choice, the choice isn't whether mm-hmm. he gets killed or not. It's uh, who does it, which so is quite funny. But I, I was watching his his sort of soliloquy at the end, and mm-hmm. then he got killed. I was like, can't believe that you killed that guy! I've waited all my life to kill. I was
0: gutted. But that's obviously the temptation for them to then put all of that into a cutscene. So understand it, but no, I don't like it. I want the game to tell me the story. I don't want the the, the little movie inside the game to have it. Yeah. Um, So really that kind of ties into, again, the idea of player agency. Classic example, of course, being Portal, where what you do in the game is you're walking around and you're solving puzzles in a a story, which is about someone walking around solving puzzles. So it kind of sits nicely within itself. It's not this disparate. uh,
1: But you you don't actually affect the story. You don't affect the story, but at least in terms you of even, your, you can't even really affect the solution to the puzzles. One of the problems I had with Portal Two over the first one was that it was like the, even the solutions felt linear. Mm. It wasn't so much like Portal, where there was a couple of different ways. And I mean,
0: I think we've we've a lot of the stuff we talked about there was linear sto- storytelling. We could we've almost miss, skipped over. We say more emergent storytelling. So I mean, that is one, which, which comes which anyways. comes solely from gameplay. Then, so something like Minecraft, where there's no characters, there's no plot. Haven't they, added, <laughs> <or>
1: haven't, <laughs> haven't they added an update though, this adventure update where there is an end game and we can hunt dragons and, and quests?
0: I have no idea. I've not I've not been on in a while. Well, if you're not going
1: to do your research, how are we going to do these podcasts? <laughs> you meant,
0: meant to do a bit, bit of background reading before I, you I, I skim, I skim read. Skim, <laughs> skim read. That's what I do with your reviews, mate. Do all your writing. <laughs> Scroll down, four stars, do not want. Do not want. Um,
1: but, uh, well, like I think this. they have had an adventure bit in Minecraft. But, okay. um, um, spoiler, spoiler, I'm planning on doing a, a Minecraft video feature soon. Awesome. And um, one of the things I'm, I'm going to talk about is that I'm going to show people what I've made. Because that, to me, is a story. Anytime anybody showed me Minecraft, they've never gone, this is Minecraft. And you can do this. And you can do this. It's always, look what I made. Show and tell. It's always, it's always a bit of show and tell. Yeah. And um, there are stories like... Um, Whenever I first started playing it I built myself a little mud shack to stay alive and then I turned it into a tower because that's what I wanted to do. And from the top of the tower I could see this cave. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool. I'll go on an adventure there when I feel a bit stronger. So meanwhile, I tunnelled underneath my tower and worked my way through the seedy underbelly of the earth and I popped out in the entrance of the cave. So I'd already explored it. I'd just got in from the other side. So there's mm-hmm. loads of cool things like that. Like if you dig, you find a small cave and then you'll find a waterfall on the side of an island or, you know, sometimes you'll, I don't know, chip through and find a massive pit of lava and nearly die in it and I guess that is kind of the story.
0: You can actually come out after playing it can tell a story even though one's not being told to you because of what you're doing in the game you're able to, to tell one.
1: It's very difficult to, um, <coughs> to, to show it to people who haven't played it though because I know um, I showed my girlfriend pictures of it and was like oh yes yeah, it's Minecraft and she's like why would you want to play that? I was like someday someday I will show you and you will know the ways to yeah. Another that.
0: classic emergent one being The Sims. Yeah. where again you've got these little rules that someone's set up and these little models that you can put in but within that you can then put on your own uh, layer of like well I'll make it of my own, my old flatmates and
1: the um, I was reading about Sims modding quite, quite recently and The Sims 3 has a bit more story to it so things do happen to your characters mm. um, but um, it's kind of contained within the family you're currently working on so other people kind of get married and stuff in the background. But there's some Sims 3 mod where it's all being simulated all the time. One consequence is it makes your computer run a wee bit toasty. <laughs> but the, the other consequence is that um, a lot more happens so you'll see people getting married and having kids and, right. and dying and getting new jobs and all these interesting things happening. But You, you could also like go <coughs> outside and see that in real time. Yeah, but... Boom! <laughs> But that way, you don't get to watch pixelated people in the shower. You can't do. Like, that as
0: much woohoo. not as much woohoo. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> much woohoo. Uh, I'm not even gonna. I'm even gonna dignify yeah. that with a response. For what I say, it's like, why I want to see more of in the future is the storytelling where, and I'm, I'm I'm stealing this wholly from a Gamma Sutra blog, but the guy said that he wanted stories to be told like FIFA commentary, where when you're playing a game of football and it's like, oh, oh god, oh god, I've realised that I don't actually know any names of any footballers at all. This is going to go Mr. well,
1: Mister Mister Football, David David Beckham. All right, right, okay, Mr. yeah. Football. So when
0: David Beckham, uh, you know, passes the ball to Rooney, who passes it to Alan Shearer, <laughs> Alan and Shearer, he, he lobs it up, and Gary Lineker goes up for a sweet cheeky header in. And <laughs> David Seaman is also up there playing up front. The, you're just, um, I know what you're doing. You're thinking back to your football sticker album in 1995. <laughs> 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 but when you're playing the game, right? You're playing the game, and you've got this commentary coming over the top, and it's just it's it's adding that sense of like realism. So it's yeah. binding it together into some sort of cohesive narrative. So It
1: also kind of breaks the realism. I remember I had this old game for uh, Sega like Saturn called Olympic Soccer and because it was Saturn in, in ninety six there only were about three lines of dialogue, so every mm. time he tackled somebody he would always say he took the man, not the ball and then he would also say, Well they certainly won't be exchanging Christmas cards. Well that's the <laughs> every, And just it. those two things over and over well, and so over. often there
0: would be certain phrases that would just constantly come up like again and again and again. But you played Bastion, which used that and actually did it to, oh, so to yeah. tell so explore characters. Did you, and have you played so well, it uh, No. Why do I write these reviews? <laughs> nobody, nobody. You write it me. so I don't need to play it. That's the whole point, right? I just thought it would <laughs> It's always it. for me. That's why I write
1: reviews. I thought I, I would leave a pause in there since nobody could see my face. Ah, okay. You can't see the single tear rolling down my cheek. Um, well, Bastion does things like, um, well, it has all the obvious things like, you know, you walk into a bar and it'll say, the kid walked into a bar. But it also says things like, if you think, go oh, I'll smash up some of the scenery to see if there's anything good. And he goes, kid just smashes things for a while. He's just lashing out and things
0: like that. So it's Maybe <laughs> it's he sees an answer. Maybe he doesn't. That, exactly. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe there's no point to this, but it sounds good, doesn't it?
1: it, it that, that's exactly <laughs> what it's like. So it's, it's um... Or if you pick up a, a musket and, uh, and, a, and a machete, it goes, oh, you know that's a good combination—a musket and a machete. But it's—it's <laughs> it's a, it's a lot. It's not—it's not as stilted as the Fallout ending. Um, and okay, I guess so, it is a kind of artificial thing, but it, 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 I think I think it works. And that's one where really, really, really it does well. it
0: through that that voiceover commentary. But I feel that one that did it through the world was Left 4 Dead, and that again, it's something where it can be infinitely replayable. You can go through those missions. Those campaigns and levels again and again, but you can have different stories emerge because the the narrative's sort of being paced. And I, I'm i i understand that when I'm saying narrative here, it's also just the gameplay really. Yeah, because,
1: because it's got two levels of story. the the actual story story doesn't really change. Well,
0: the actual story story really is just there's zombies. You need to get to the safety, and that's your motivation. Um, and nothing else is really explored much. I mean, everything's just suggestive.
1: Okay, well, here's a good here's a good take home message for this then. Um, so. Games have two types of story. There's a the story that's overtly presented to you, and there's the story that you make for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the best games are the ones that merge those two into one long, somewhat predetermined story that you make. Yeah. That's a good story. The end. The end.